Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host each and every week, Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Pastor, how are you today? I'm doing well, Mike. Good to be here. I'm it's... looking forward to uh, to our interview. Man, I am too. We're, we got a chance here today uh, to talk to Tommy Bowden. And, and let me tell you, I, I, I knew of Tommy Bowden, you know, his football uh, coaching. What I did not know is he's an author. And I started uh, looking through some of uh, Winning Character for Proven Plan for Success. The, the, the book is Winning Character, and I was just really impressed, and I look forward to our time with Tommy today. Hey, Coach, how are you today? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you bet. Uh, Pastor, you know, a few weeks ago we had a chance to talk to Bobby Bowden and how impressed we were with, with him, and and after we got done, I, we said, hey, are there some guys that, that uh, you could recommend? He said, man, I'd, I'd call my boys if I were you. Yeah. That's what I would do. And so we took we took him up on it, and I got a chance to, to talk to Tommy a couple of times this week and, and uh, look forward to, uh, to the time that we spend with him. Hey, co- Coach, before we start getting into what the show is about, can we talk a little bit about this year's uh, college uh, football? I think down in your neck of the woods, Clemson, Florida State are the two teams that people are most talking about yeah there's no doubt but both those teams have a chance to be in the final four uh playoff picture uh the way that clemson played last uh, last year in the final versus alabama you know gosh who would ever thought i thought alabama would win but i thought they'd win 17 13 20 17 but put up 45 points against the nick saban defense and having the same quarterback back and other great skill back there they're going to be one of the front runners to be, to be back in the big show at the end of the year. Hey, Coach, when when you watch Clemson play, uh, and I know you stepped down from being the head coach there a while back, are, are, are in your heart, are you rooting for them? Well, you know, the, the, the head coach, Dabo Sweeney, played for me at Alabama. He yep. was a wide receiver for me. Uh, he was out of coaching when I hired him, and I got a lot of criticism, but I, but I knew his background. One of the reasons that I hired him is that I think I was the head coach at Tulane. I used to uh, go to First Baptist Church in, in Tuscaloosa. They had me up to speak at a Sunday service, Sunday morning service, and Dabo and his wife showed up. And uh, he's a strong Christian guy, and his wife, Kathleen, they're boys, you know, but uh, he's, a, he's a stronger Christian coach as there is out there, like along the same tunes as, as Mark Rick was is at Georgia. So uh, I, I follow him because of the some of the things that he stands for. Well, that's awesome. I know that uh, you had a great career coaching. And looking at the numbers, um, there there had to be some people quite surprised when you stepped down as the head coach at, at Clemson. 
Well, you know, I coached 32 years and uh, 12 years as a head coach. Uh, I think when I first became a head coach, I was only playing 11 games, and I think I had like that 90 wins in 11 and a half years. And, and had some success, not as much as I wanted, but uh, I really enjoy faith-based uh, speaking, Christian speaking, men's conferences, fellowship of Christian athletes, things along that line. Uh, my health was good. I was 54. My father lived down right down the road in his 80s, my mother in her 80s. I've got two grandchildren with a son up in Atlanta and a daughter in Mobile. So uh, it's it's not that the pressure got me. I mean, you know, I was in it for 32 years. It's been 11 years in the Southeastern Conference, uh, some of those years as offensive coordinator. So uh, I just felt like God was leading me in another direction. I surely it was. I enjoyed coaching and and had opportunities to get back in it as a head coach, making a lot of money. But uh, I really enjoy what I'm doing. Well, Tommy, I got to tell you, doing research uh, for our interview today, um, I went to TommyBowden.com and got some some really interesting things on on you. What what I really liked the most was was reading the foreword that that your dad um, wrote for Winning Character, and I just that almost brought me to tears, Coach. I got to be honest with you, thinking about your father writing those words about you and 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 just what a what a great young man you were as a as as a youngster. And what a great athlete you were! And he just that that forward on that book was was worth it for me. I can't imagine reading those words from your father must have meant a lot to you. Well, I was very fortunate to have a father that, that, that left a great legacy, not only in the same profession profession, but more important uh, as a Christian. You know, as a young Christian, uh, married man, married coach. Uh, father, husband, you know, I learned a lot off him. My mother, who's been married, I think, right at 68 years or 69 years. Mm. So, uh, you know, and, and you go back to biblical times, you know, the father was so instrumental. It wasn't uncommon back in biblical times to have four generations of, of families together with a patriarch. The father was the major influence. And the longer I recruited in 32 years of coaching, the less and less I saw the biological father in the home. I think psychologists say the most influential parent is the same-sex parent. So as a son, you're trying to do things the right way, but having a father do it do it spiritually and then professionally, I, I couldn't have asked for a better situation. But, you know, that's the way it was originally intended to be biblically, that, mm-hmm. that the father would be a tremendous influence and, leg- and leave a le- legacy for their children uh, and their sons. Uh, Tommy, he, your dad must have been able to handle uh, football and his family and uh, obviously then his faith all. Uh, he had to be very balanced with all that. I guess uh, you guys were running around the football field probably early on, weren't you? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, you know, we, uh, he was a head coach at an early age back at old is back then at Howard College. It is now Sanford College uh, down in Birmingham, Alabama. But he was a head coach in his, in his 20s. And uh, his kids, that's kind of how we grew up, going to his games, traveling with him, and uh, being around that environment. And uh, so so we were fortunate, those of us who went into coaching, we, we kind of, when Terry and I became a head coach, we kind of knew how to be a head coach uh, because of my father. Yeah, what what a tremendous legacy. I mean, uh, Bowden family. Uh, I've heard just um, you know just great testimonies from folks concerning uh, uh, you and your dad and your brother. And uh, uh, my son is actually down in Akron, Ohio, at a church. Uh, he's a college age pastor, and I think he and your your brother Terry have connected. And so uh, we'll look forward to getting Terry on the broadcast here sometime. 
Yeah, he's like he is. He's kind of cut in the same mold. And, and uh, I know he has been real active with his team as far as giving them some kind of uh, uh, acknowledgement of of godly principles and godly standards and how young men should act from a from a godly standpoint. So, so I hope they can get together because Terry is really trying to do the right things with his team. Yeah. We are talking to uh, Tommy Bowden, former head football coach at Clemson, 30, uh, 32 years as a, a college football coach. If you want to know more information, uh, go to TommyBowden.com and do yourself a favor. Um, Google Winning Character, the book that he wrote, A Proven Plan for Success. And trust me, it's worth the time. If, if you get a chance, it's on Amazon. Pick it up and, and read it. What I've done is, is gotten a chance to read some of the excerpts of it. And, and the foreword alone that uh, his father wrote was, was just, uh, just a marvelous couple of pages about what, uh, what Tommy means to him as a man and what kind of man Tommy Bowden has become. Hey, Coach, when you were growing up, was there pressure on you to, uh, to play football? You know, there really wasn't. Uh, in fact, the, the first organized football that I played back in Tallahassee, Florida, I believe I was in fourth grade, I was at, it was, a, it was a, 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 a friend of mine's father that chased me down the neighborhood and, and got me signed up. You know, uh, shoot, my mother and father had six kids. They couldn't keep track of us. And what we signed <laughs> up for and what we didn't. But, but somebody, actually, somebody else's father actually sign me up so uh no he didn't force us uh, he didn't encourage or discourage us either going to play in football or coaching either one what what position did you end up playing uh when you got involved in football i was a i was a wide receiver in college played wide receiver and running back defense. i played really running back defensive back in high school but when i went to college i, I, I played wide receiver at west virginia university yeah, was your and uh, was that was your dad the coach then at West Virginia? He was the head coach for one of the years I started the second. Then he went to Florida State, and I played my last year. Started my last year wide receiver for another another head coach. I see. Now, when you were in high school and all, I'm sure with his schedule, uh, it was hard for him to make games. But was he able to come out and see some of your games? I think he came to one of my games, and that was simply because the other team had a prospect that he was in. <laughs> he came to see somebody else play. He always came to see at halftime, and he left. So he, just, he didn't have time. When you're traveling, you know, you're playing away game. You're gone on Friday. Yep. And when you're uh, when you're playing at home, you're with your team on Friday night. So uh, that's how I was playing at home. I think one time I can remember my high school career. I think he caught a half well, of one of my games. He must have saw something he liked in you because he ended up playing at West Virginia. Oh, you know, I had to. You know, he actually gave a scholarship to the other wide receiver on my team. <laughs> I, had to, I had to walk. I had to walk on. End up starting and putting food on his table. You know, he ought to be more thankful than what he is. You know what? Hey, maybe that's why he wrote that forward in your book and such. What a great guy you were. That's, yeah, that is awesome. So I, I saved him a couple times. Uh, we are talking to Tommy Bowden again. He is a former head coach at uh, Clemson University, author of uh, Winning Care. Go to TommyBowden.com. Hey, Coach, real quick before we get to a break. Um, nowadays, you're doing a lot of speaking engagements, correct? Uh, yes, I do. I do mostly uh, men's conferences, uh, fellowship of Christian athletes, any kind of Christian crusade, uh, speak at Sunday morning church services, th- things of that nature. Some motivational leadership, some secular talking. Most of most of it, however, is faith-based. I've within the last year gone from Vancouver, Washington to Miami to Pittsburgh to, 
the Dallas, Phoenix, across the country, you know, Kansas City. I've kind of crisscrossed the country doing faith-based speaking over the last year. Mm-hmm. We get, we yeah. gotta get him to the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, man. never been to Wisconsin. We'll have we to get you. Yeah, to- maybe the <laughs> yeah, middle of I've February. <laughs> I've never been to. I, do they got? They got Southern Baptists up there in Wisconsin. Well, no, we're, we're we're independent Baptists, Tommy. We're independent. Okay. Hey, but I'll you're hey, you're more I'll than welcome. If you if you got a parka and you can handle February, we're bringing you up, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see just how tough you Bowden boys are. <laughs> we lived eleven years in West Virginia. I'll get you on a snowmobile. There you go, <laughs> guys. Let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation with Tommy Bowden again. TommyBowden.com. If you want more information on some of the things that that uh, Tommy's doing and also uh, to pick up the book Winning Character you can do it right there again TommyBowden.com this is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM The Fan Back to Faith in the Zone a journey on how people in sports walk in faith Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bunzel's Old Fashioned Meat Market Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. On this time, on this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside the head pastor at Brookside Baptist Church, Pastor Ken Keltner, and our special guest, Tommy Bowden, former head football coach at Clemson University. He's the author of a book called Winning Character. It's a proven plan for success. Go to TommyBowden.com for more information. You know, um, Coach, as we uh, as we discussed in, in the break, we had uh, Doug Scott on a couple weeks ago, and, and uh, just a really great guy, good godly man. And, and he said, hey, if you want to come down, you know, down here to Tallahassee to catch a Florida State game, I got tickets for a couple of them. One of the games is Clemson, if you want to come down and see that game. And I thought, man, I'd, I might get on a plane and get to Tallahassee for that one. I, a game like that in Tallahassee is going to be an incredible spectacle. Yeah, I promise you, he doesn't have tickets for that one. <laughs> he's no way. He's a good Christian guy, but I promise you, he's probably lying. No, uh, faith in the zone, we never lie. I told Daryl Strawberry I have a swing exactly the way he does. But we, we never lie on this show. You embellish the truth. Well, he, he said, hey, he said, you come on down, I'll get you in. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's different. That's different than having a ticket. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> hey, hey, Tommy, one thing that your dad mentioned, uh, and I'm sure as you were growing up, and you, you attended, I'm sure, Florida State games uh, with your dad and so forth, uh, he said that tomahawk chop thing gets so loud, and uh, he said that thing, he said that is just one loud uh, cheer in that stadium. He said he gets a little tired of it, though, too. He said, en- enough of that. There's no words to the song, and you can't start singing it, he said. It's, it's a great environment. That guy rides down that horse and throws that lighted spear into the ground. Hey, when uh, when you were at Clemson, you went to Florida State to play. Um, difficult for you to do that? Uh, no, it's only difficult because in the previous 10 years, they hadn't scored a touchdown in Tallahassee <laughs> in five appearances. So no, it wasn't far for me. I, the first time I played there, I scored a touchdown. Even though we lost by 50 points, I felt like we won. We scored a touchdown. <laughs> nobody, nobody had done it, but it's a hard place to play. Back then, when I first went to Clemson in 1999, of course, they won the national championship that year. He, was, he had some great teams. 
Yeah, was that hard for your mom to to watch all that, or was she just glad you were in town and getting to spend a little time with you? You know, well, you don't get any time because you're flying Friday night with your team. You get to see your father uh, 30 seconds out there at midfield before the game. Then you shake hands with him afterwards, and then you fly back. So you really don't spend a lot of time with family. You know, you're with your team. But uh, the first year, she wore a, a sweatshirt that was split in half. Clemson, Florida, <laughs> Clemson on one half, Florida State in the other. And then uh, he won the national championship that year. He was heavily favored. We were ahead 14 and nothing at halftime. He won 17 to 14. And that's the last time she wore anything with Clemson on it. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, I can't Thanksgiving Day at the table, the Bowden table. I would assume, you know, there's a lot to be thankful for, but eventually you're going to start talking football. Well, it is, but, you know, a lot of people, I, I get that question a lot, but in our profession, we never had Thanksgiving together. You know, we always, I, I was coaching somewhere for 32 years. He was coaching somewhere. So we never, and Terry was coaching somewhere, so we never had Thanksgiving together. Christmases we never had together because you better be in a bowl game. Yeah, I was bowl eligible every year as a head coach. If, if you're not in a bowl game Christmas, you're unemployed. So uh, Christmases and Thanksgiving, we never really spent together. We were He was at a bowl game. I was at a bowl game. Thanksgiving, we were playing somebody. That's usually your, your rivalry game, Florida, Florida State, Clemson, South Carolina. So uh, those were vacations we really did not get to have as in, in the coaching profession together as a family. Hmm. Well, Tommy, uh, your dad shared with us, you know, how he came to know the Lord. That's one thing that we, we love to uh, – highlight on Faith in the Zone is uh, how the journey of faith with Jesus Christ began, and we'd love for you to just take time now and just share your testimony, how you came to Christ, and what, what the Lord was doing to uh, to bring you, uh, bring people into your life, to, to give you that message, and so uh, we'd love to hear that from you. Well, you know, I was very fortunate uh, that I was raised in a Christian home. You know, if, you, if the church doors were open, we were there. Uh, as they say sometimes, you know, I had a drug problem. I was drugged. <laughs> so whether, whether you liked it or not, we, we were there. And shoot, I think my father was my Sunday school teacher. Maybe when I was in junior high, he was the head coach at West Virginia and actually was my Sunday school teacher. I'm not saying he was a good Sunday school teacher, but he, was, he taught me Sunday school. So I was brought up in that environment and understood at, at the age of 12 that the, the basics, a uh, human, you know, mankind sinned through Adam and Eve. Sin was brought into to, to humans, and and Christ died for his forgiveness, the virgin birth, the res- death, the resurrection, eternal life. I, I knew all those things and accepted Christ as a 12-year-old and was baptized, but I had the wisdom of a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. But being brought up around in my family, continues to go in church. One thing my father made sure as a family, we were never disconnected from the church. And that's maybe the most important thing I learned as a young coach and a young married couple. Never get disconnected from the church. Uh, if you want to be a godly man, guess what? You better hang around godly men. If you want to be a godly couple, you better hang around godly couples. Hmm. So uh, I, I stayed connected to the church, reading the Bible, things like that. that I saw my father do coming down for breakfast in the morning. He's sitting at the table reading the Bible. So I accepted Christ at an early age, and I think mine was a continual growth. Uh, when I was a junior in college, I think I finally said, you know, if I'm going to sit there and say I'm a Christian, I, I better be careful about how I live. So I try, to, I try to be a little more conscientious of the things I did outwardly that other people would see and affect them. And when I was 42 years old, I was the offensive coordinator at Auburn. And I said, you know, I speak, to, I'm talking to myself. I said, I do so much faith-based speaking. And I say faith, family, and football are three most important things in my life. But I've never really taken the Bible 
and read it through. I've always read the Bible. So I went on a five-year project. It took me five years, two study books in the Bible, read the Bible through. 20 years later, which is today, I'm on my fifth time through. I've used different study mm. Uh, mm. books and guides. So I think my growth as a Christian from when I accepted Christ and, and was baptized at 12, it's just been a continual walk and journey where I've tried to be obedient to God. I've, I've, as I've read, the, they say, if you ever want to know the will, of, you'll never understand the, the will of God unless you understand the Word of God. Mm. So yeah. I think the longer I've read the Bible, spent more time in His Word, the more I understood what God, I think, wanted me to do. So mine's yeah. been a growth process. I didn't have, you know, I wasn't an alcoholic. I didn't shoot somebody and have a prison, you know, awakening in prison or, or something like that. I've, I've been very fortunate in that regard. Well, Tommy, uh, I appreciate you, you sharing that, and I am thankful I, uh, for for moms and dads that, that really you know, will teach their kids and bring them up in, in, in the Word and in church. And, and I, you know, you, you look at it today, and as a, as a pastor of a, of a local congregation, what, what I see happening today is sports, and as much as, you know, we love sports, I, I enjoy sports. I had four boys. Mike coached all of my boys uh, at one point. Uh, in basketball, but I, uh, I'm, I'm a little amazed at how church has gone on the back burner uh, for, uh, for sports. In fact, um, I was reading Sports Illustrated one day, and back when Rick Riley was writing the editorial for him, and he wrote an article on sports on Sunday, and how he couldn't believe that church had been pushed off the the burner totally and sports was taken over but what i remembered was he said at the end he said so hey the next time you're on at the gym on sunday morning instead of church and you know and uh, and tammy is on the free throw line and uh, the game is over but she's shooting a one and one to tie it and win it who are you going to pray to and uh, i thought <laughs> that that's pretty uh, that's pretty direct and you know i i listening to you talk about your dad making sure you guys were in church and here you were involved in football and he that was his his uh, occupation that was his profession and yet that I, I tell you that will preach today that people get back and and put church where it needs to be it's the institution created by God and you're talking about faith family and football you talk about faith in Christ and the church, you talk about family and you talk about our government, all three institutions created by God, all three are in trouble today. I mean, the enemy, Satan, has really attacked all three. And and as much as I love sports, I've seen sports has actually taken some folks out of church. And uh, it was good It was good to hear you talk about your dad and, and, and that whole upbringing like that. Well, he taught us that football was a huge priority in our life. It was just not the priority. Oh, yeah, that's good. More important, and that, that was a relationship with Jesus Christ, trying to be obedient to God, trying to search what He wants you to do. And uh, He lived, fortunately, I was, he, he lived that life, and I was able to witness it. And He passed that legacy uh-huh. down to me, uh, and, uh, and, and I've tried to pass that legacy down to my uh, children. I think they say if you ever want if you ever uh, want to see how good of a job you did raising your son, look at your grandchildren. Or wow. Look at your grandson. Yeah. And uh, I've tried. Uh, I've one of my parents this weekend because I'm really proud of both of my children. They both stayed connected to the church. They were raised like I was raised. But as I tell my father and mother, that was a direct influence uh, of them and what they have passed down to me. So uh, mm. very thankful Amen. to my parents that yeah. 
kept us connected to the church. Well, I'll tell you this, Tommy, you know, there's guys like me that are, are very thankful for, you know, a godly wife who, who when I was doing stupid stuff, uh, not, you know, quite a while ago now, but when, when our kids were, were little, you know, she was strong enough in her faith uh, for our kids and, uh, and prayed enough for me to, to, for me to finally figure this thing out. And I, I'll tell you what, it, it can't be done. You know, I was in the home and I was, I think, a pretty good father, but not so good um, when it came to, to faith-based stuff. I was doing stupid stuff. And, and when I finally went to Pastor Darrow at Eastside Baptist on a Sunday night, I walked in and he said, uh, I've been waiting for you. I knew, I knew, I knew, you'd, I knew you'd come. And I said, you knew I'd come? He said, yeah. I said, how'd you know I'd be here? He said, your wife's been praying for you for eight years, nonstop. Yeah. And I knew, I knew the Lord would get you to me. I just wasn't exactly sure when, but come on in, pull up a chair and let's, <laughs> let's have a chat. And so, yeah, I, I thank goodness for her and our, my two kids and three grandsons, you know, are, are a direct uh, reflection, I think, on, on my wife and, and her strength when it comes to her faith. Guys, we've got to get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation with a former head football coach at Clemson University. He is Tommy Bowden. Again, TommyBowden.com. And I do want to talk more about uh, the book that he, he wrote a while ago, a few years ago, Winning Character. And uh, as he puts it, it's all in the cards. And I'll explain that on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by All-American Window and Door. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. I am Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. You know, I should have hit record there for a minute. Is what I should have done, Pastor. Man, we do have some fun during the break. Our, our special guest, and he's a good one. Former head football coach at Clemson and a number of places. He coached in college football a long time. Tommy Bowden. Also uh, author Tommy Bowden. I wanted to bring this up. In the book, Winning Character, Coach Bowden says it's all in the cards. And when he talks about cards, it's commitment, accountability, responsibility, discipline, and sacrifice. And I don't, I, boy, that's, that's laying it right there, Pastor. Commitment, accountability, responsibility, discipline, and sacrifice. You look at uh, at some of the things going on in some of the cities throughout the country, and when you talk about what 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 uh, um, Tommy Bowden talks about with commitment, accountability, responsibility, discipline, and sacrifice, that, that, I think that, everybody needs to read that book. Uh, that's that, that spiritually, that's what you you, you, you bet. You know, if you're going to really grow and walk with the Lord, it's going to take all of that right there. Hey, Tommy, when you started, when you wrote the book Winning Character, again, it's a proven plan for success. And I don't mean to keep going back to it, but it just really caught my attention when I was doing research um, on, on you and some of the things that you're doing now. When you started writing that book, um, can you talk a little bit about the process of, of, of that book? And before you wrote it, did you have an idea on the direction you wanted to take it? Well, yeah, it was on that direction because, you know, in order to be successful, uh, not only in sports, whether it be life, whether it be marriage, whether it be a job or your social life, if, if you've got pretty much those five basic 
fundamentals of character. Yeah, commitment, accountability, responsibility, distance. Like you said, and they, the first letter in each word spells cards. Yep. Then you're going to have success. Well, if those are things I need as a coach. Every coach will tell you, if you can get those players to understand those five things, you're going to win a lot of games. If you win a lot of games, then you'll, you'll stay employed a long time. Uh, Nick Saban calls it the process. But within that process, there's going to be those five things in some form or fashion. Well, as being a Christian, you say, well, gosh, look at the life of Christ. Is it sacrifice, uh, commitment, accountability? Look at the Bible. Look at the church. Look at the, the things associated with Christianity in the Bible. Well, there's a bunch about commitment, accountability, responsibility, distance, sacrifice. So I said, okay, I need as many resources as I can. If the NCAA is going to limit me as a head coach on much, how much time I can spend with my players, give me some resources that can help my players learn those things. Well, let's, let them, let's make them go to church once a year, but let's encourage them to get involved with a local church. Why is that? Well, that's a building where people are trying to make good decisions. They're trying to teach those things. Let's encourage them to go to Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Why is that? It's a bunch of athletes trying to make good decisions. If those five things will help me make good decisions, give me the resources. So I kind of, it was, to me, it made sense to marry Christianity and athletics, kind of like the Fellowship of Christian Athlete does, Athletes does. But it, it made sense for me to marry uh, Christianity with those five things if those would help me be successful. And then, yes, you got two winners. You got your, you win on the team, but also your players learn to, to, uh, to win in life. Uh, from a Christian perspective, you know, Coach, when 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 you're talking about about those five, and and you're a coach who who wears his faith on his sleeve the way you did. In fact, I read a quote uh, from you that uh, where it said, uh, uh, Coach Bowden, he he has openly used his religion as a recruiting tool, saying that his faith was a tremendous recruiting advantage. And I love that. I, I think that's wonderful. When when you're able to to wear that on your sleeve. And you walk into to, into a family's living room, and they already know a lot about you as a man. I think that is a, an advantage. You you, there, you don't have to lie about anything. You don't have to try to say, "Look, well, I said this, but I really meant this." Man, this is who I am. If you want to come play football for me, man, come on, let's go play. But understand, I'm not changing. This is the guy that I am, and I think that's a great recruiting tool. Well, it was. I think players and parents see if it's sincere and if you're if you're legitimately sincere about it, which I was. But you know, I've coached most of my career in the southeast. Uh, they call it the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I didn't invent the Bible Belt. I didn't create it. That's what they call it. I think in 1929, an editorialist in the uh, up in Chicago, I think, was writing about the culture uh, in the South, and they were talking about how important Christianity and God and church was of the culture in the Bible Belt. And uh, well, I'm sitting there thinking, gosh, you can't go into home as a recruiting coach without some member of their family being active spiritually. It is a grandmother, their aunt the male mentor, the father, the local pastor, somebody. So if I'm going to have trouble with them, I've got some uh, discipline problems with a young man. I've got, I've got a, a faith-based contact that I can have uh, as a resource. So uh, uh, I used it going into, into the homes because I knew it was important to the families, especially in the Southeast. Somebody in their family was going was gonna to have a faith-based foundation that would be instrumental to that young man somewhere along his career. When he, you know, being away from home for the first time, you're homesick, discipline problems. And there's so many things that come up with, with players nowadays, as you see from the media, you read it every day. So uh, I, I, I said, gosh, I'm going to use it to help me. 
as opposed to run from it. And I'm going to use it as a tool and resource. Tommy, I got to tell you, my, my daughter looked at going to Pensacola Christian College. And uh, so I flew down there with her, and, and we flew in on a Thursday. On Friday night, they had some stuff for her to do. So I, I got in the car and, and drove around and looked for a high school football game to go to. And I found one, and I got a, I got a program, and, and I, th- I thought, man, these two teams look awfully good. And I was talking to the guy next to me, and he said, look, one team is maybe two and four, and the other one is you know three and three. And I thought either one of those teams would win a, a state title here in Wisconsin. But I was looking through the program, and every literally every page or every other page was an ad for a church in Pensacola, in that area. And and it was amazing to me. I, I, here in Wisconsin, I don't think I've ever seen a church advertisement in in a program for a, at a public school football game. And I thought well, I... You can take a, a driver and a three-wood and get to any church in, in down here in any town in America. Make you two shots, you can find the church. Mm-hmm. And they were open about it. It was, you know, it was incredible. The PA announcements saying, hey, look, don't forget, uh, you know, to make sure that you head over to this church tomorrow. Uh, they're doing this and this and this. And another PA announcement for a church that was having a rummage sale. And I thought, man, we're missing the boat here in the Midwest. And I was down in the Bible Belt, and that was years ago, and I felt that that even at a public high school football game, they were just all about, here are the churches that are in the area, make sure you get into one on Sunday. It's, it's a way of life. It's part of a way of life, and it's just a culture. Like I said, the name of the Bible Belt was given by somebody actually up north yeah, mm-hmm. years ago, but again, it's, it is a huge part of the culture down here. Hey, Tommy, one thing, uh, you know, if you were coaching today, um, talked a little bit uh, with your dad about this. I mean, don't you see a lot of these coaches today are are having, you know, these young men come in and and many of them, you know, did not have a father figure growing up. And don't don't you see these coaches really almost having to either bring guys on their staff or or something to, to really help these young guys, not just with football, but with life and and direction and guidance? Most every program in the Southeast, I bet you everyone in the Southeastern Conference, probably in the ACC, maybe not, maybe some of the Northern schools. I know the Southern, Georgia Tech, uh, uh, Clemson, uh, North Carolina, has a, has a team chaplain. And uh, a couple of years ago, the ACLU got involved and might have changed it to a life coach. I never did, but I always call them a chaplain. But a lot of them are associated with their fellowship of Christian athletes. A lot of them are, are a local minister. But every one of them, and, and most of the coaches down here, have somebody that helps players spiritually if they're searching. You have to be awful careful, you know, walk the uh, fine line with the ACLU because they, they sure enough came in to see me and walked a lawyer, and I had to have all lawyers instead of have answers for them. But uh, there's a smart way to get around it. Yes, I, I think it's a lot of the coaches, at least down here, have somebody that can assist them in their spiritual growth and tell them local resources where they can where they can grow spiritually. Yeah, I mean Jesus actually that was uh, what he was his, his guidance and counsel was hey be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove, and so you you do have to have that wisdom. Hey, to change gears just a little bit here, I, tell tell me about what might have been the most exciting game you either played in or you coached. You know, there would have been a, a couple after 32 years, but most of mine were as, as, a, as, as a head coach. Uh, my last game at Tulane where we went undefeated, uh, finished seventh in the nation. It was very difficult to do at a private school. 
very difficult to do it. Any high school, college pro, mm-hmm. uh, to win every one of your games. My last game in Clemson, my first game at, uh, against my father, they were number one in the nation, undefeated. We had them 14 nothing la- at halftime, lost 17 to 14. And then about three years later, they were number three in the nation. We hadn't beaten them in a long time and beat them in, oh, I might have been, t- no, I think we beat them in Clemson. Uh, probably been some of my key games. Two of them would be versus my father and one of them at Tulane going undefeated. Hey, when you beat uh, your father, what did he say to you at, at midfield after the game? He said, you're out of the wheel. No more. You're out of the wheel. <laughs> you're, out. you're out of the wheel. No more money for you. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, that's quick. That's a quick one. That's, I, and I bet, I bet your mom was waiting around the corner to give you a hug and said, don't tell your dad I'm hugging you. That's awesome. <laughs> She was sleeping with a guy that had a credit card. She didn't, yeah. she didn't talk to me for a year the first time I beat him. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Hey, guys, let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we just have one segment left, and we'll continue our conversation with Tommy Bowden. Again, uh, TommyBowden.com, if you want more information on, on some of the things that, that uh, Tommy's doing alongside um, looking at winning character, the book Winning Character, I'm, I'm definitely going to go on, on Amazon and pick this up, A Proven Plan for Success. And, and I just think it's it's a what I've read about it so far, just a wonderful book. We'll get to, uh, get to Tommy on the other side. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Young Express. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest for the hour, he's a good one. Had the a former head football coach at Clemson University, Tommy Bowden. Go to TommyBowden.com. You know, during the break, we learned that uh, Coach Bowden's on the beach someplace. Where are you, Coach? <laughs> I live down the Panhandle, probably about two hours east of uh, Pensacola. You talked about Pensacola a little bit earlier, but uh, I live in a place called uh, well, Seagrove Beach is the official name. Hmm. But uh, somebody's got to do it. Might as well be me. <laughs> <laughs> that a boy. Hey, growing up, uh, what was the competition like with the Bowden boys? Well, you know, we were all of us played high school football, and all of us played college football. My brother, older brother Steve, played for about a year and a half, and after his third time getting knocked out, he said, "This is not for me." <laughs> but uh, you know, we played. You know, there wasn't computer games and all that. We, my my parents had six children, girls on the end four boys in the middle, the six children were all born within 10 years. So we were all close together, and uh, we did a lot of fighting. I mean, my father had boxing gloves, and we got in a fight. My mother would call him. We got home. He put the gloves on us, put us out back, and said, go after him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, which, which one was the toughest? Now, you can tell. You can be honest. Now, which which one of the bottom you know, boys was the toughest? Pro- probably Terry and Jeff, because they're the youngest. You know, they got beat up on the most, and they had to fight for everything. So Jeff and Terry are probably a lot tougher than Steve and I. Man, does that sound like uh, oh, does that, oh. Pastor Ken's got four boys, and I've been around these four a lot. Yeah. And the youngest one always got picked on. Tommy, the youngest one got picked on a ton, and they don't pick on him anymore. 
Yeah, he, he, he's about 6'4", 220, and uh, just finished his third year of Bible college, and he's in the military. He is uh, he was stationed in Guantanamo Bay, but he's getting ready to go uh, uh, active duty, and uh, he's trying to go special forces right now. Yeah, that, I wouldn't mess with him. No, <laughs> and those Keltner boys, all three of them try to pick on him, and they better have all three together. <laughs> they better. And they throw me in there. I'm not helping them. Uh-uh. He's, he definitely scares me. Hey, can we talk a little bit about uh, about your kids? Did your son play football? My son played in high school, and uh, I wanted I did not make my son play a particular sport, but I wanted him to play a sport just to learn the lessons about uh, you know staying with something and doing something he might not like. So they had, he had to play a sport. He happened to play high school football, and uh, he had the one pro- – he ran like his mother, which is not good. So, uh, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't play collegiately. My daughter is like my wife. They, they, they go to bed with a curling iron and the daggone uh, curlers in their hair. They, they, were, they weren't athletes, but uh, loved athletics. But uh, my daughter didn't play any, any sports. Kid, did, would Linda come to your games when you were coaching at Clemson? Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. So they had a uh, we had a uh, uh, box for the wives. All the coaches' wives were set up in a box if they wanted to, where they could sit out in the stands. But you know, it, it, usually most coaches, uh, head coaches, have a box that their wives sit up in because it, you know, a place like Clemson, you got eighty three thousand fans, are very passionate about the game. And if, yeah, scream, you know, screaming at your husband. Behind, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah if you're, they're behind. If you're behind in the first quarter, they could. They'll hear some very unchristian things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I've coached basketball for 35 years. And um, there was one place in particular that I coached, and my wife went to one game, and she came home and said, I'm not going again. And I said, why? (laughs) She said, Michael, you have no idea what they're saying about you. I said, I've only been, this is the first game I've been, they don't even know me. (laughs) She said, well, they think they know you, and they don't don't know me, and uh, I've got to be honest with you, it's a Christian school, but I'm not coming back. (laughs) And I (laughs) kind of felt bad for it. Yeah, I, you got to be thick skin. There's no doubt about it. As, as a coach, yeah, I don't know who who it was. There was a kind of a comedian that had been a coach, and he said, uh, "People ask me all the time if everybody's behind me." He goes, "Oh yeah, the parents are behind me. They follow me home after every game." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's about right. Many night I've come home and found a moving van out in front of my house. Well, coaching and being a pastor, man, those, <laughs> yeah, never they, buy a house. Well, right? they, yeah, they say you always look at a home for resale value if you're a coach or a pastor. <laughs> exactly. Hey, coach, when you're traveling about and and, and speaking at uh, you know Fellowship of Christian Athletes or different churches, um, t- tell me your feeling on 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 the people that you're meeting nowadays compared to maybe ten or fifteen years ago. Are you feeling pretty good about where we're at as a society, or, or do you think that? Um, you know, we need to have more men that are willing to step out and and uh, and speak out and be willing to get up on the mountaintop a little bit. You know, I, I've been encouraged. Just the, the last ten days, I've spoken at uh, uh, somewhere between five and eight hundred men at three different places: uh, once in Georgia, once in Florida, once in Alabama. And uh, there is a remnant of godly men that are trying to be godly influences in their family. But uh, I, I, unfortunately, I just don't think there's enough. Uh, of course, I'm in a I'm in a kind of sheltered environment when you go in these. It's men that want to be there. But I went once on a Friday night a couple of weeks ago, and Friday night high school football was starting. I was shocked at the number of men. One of them, there's about 600 men on a Saturday morning. You know, it's a beautiful day on a Saturday. You should be doing uh, uh, duties at home and cutting the grass or hunting and fishing. So, you know, there's a remnant out there, but uh, it just doesn't seem like there's enough. And uh, 
We just, if, you know, the one thing I've noticed if I mentioned speaking to these churches, you know, unfortunately, we've got too many pastors that compromise the Word of God and water it down and pollute it. And, oh. and I wish more men behind the pulpit, more preachers behind the pulpit, wouldn't, wouldn't, would, would preach the Word of God like it's supposed to be preached and not compromise it. And I, uh, you know, unfortunately, our, our men are compromising their role in the family. I think, unfortunately, some of our, our, our our pastors are doing the same well, thing. Yeah, you're, you're right on tr- target there. I had an A.W. Tozier quote last week, and uh, I'll get your email when we get off, and I'll send it to you. And, I mean, that was you know, probably 60, 70 years ago he wrote that, and I'm telling you, it is directly uh, aimed right at pastors that are doing exactly— we have watered down worship, we've watered down the Word, um, there's— there's no difference between the the you know the secular and the sacred and and uh, he he really hit that I'll I'll get that to you that is some quote and uh, it's powerful. Well, you, I tell you, Pastor, you've talked about this a lot lately in mm-hmm. at Brookside Baptist Church about you know people are are you know going to churches where they can be comfortable mm-hmm. and going to churches where they might like the music or going mm-hmm. to you know churches for for reasons other than. You know the reason you should be there. Yeah. Well, one one thing, Tommy, that A. W. Tozier said. He said, "I find it interesting that if if uh, not many people, if if the only attraction is God, not many people show up." Yeah, uh, you know, they, he he said they got to have the striped candy. You know, with the refreshments, yeah. the donuts, the you know some hip hop. Yeah, more, the hip hop entertainment stuff. Yeah. And he said. Yeah. We, we, God has become we we have become bored with God, and I yeah. thought, whew, that is potent. That that yeah, is. There's a certain reverence to it that I think we've we've lost. It's the sovereign God, and there's some reverence to me that should be. I heard the statement. I'm sure you've heard it. Instead of taking uh, uh, the church to the culture, we're taking culture to the church, and we're uh. changing the church to adapt to the culture. Uh. Whereas we should be taking the culture to church, right, and yeah. the culture should be adapting to the church, and we're doing the opposite. But that's yeah. uh, that's it's a shame. It looks like it's that's a big big influence now. No doubt. Hey guys, we've got to get out. Uh, Coach Bowden, thank you so much. I I can't uh, tell you how how enjoyable this this was for me. And and uh, if you get a chance, go to tommybowden.com and and look at that book that's on the left. It's Winning Character: A Proven Plan for Success. Whether you're a coach or not. Whether you know if you're a business guy and and, and you're just looking, um, you know for for something to kind of guide you through. And when you talk about cards and commitment, accountability, responsibility, discipline, and sacrifice, that's in every walk of life. So pick that book up if you get a chance. Uh, Tommy, thank you so much for your time. And uh, hey, when when if Wisconsin beats LSU, or if Wisconsin gets ahead of Clemson in the rankings this year, why don't we say uh, you owe me a, a sandwich or something? I'll, I'll I'll come back on and explain to you what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. He All is, right, Tommy. Yeah, thank I'm not, you. Hey, I better not starve until that time because I might not eat. <laughs> he is uh, Tommy <laughs> Bowden. Thanks for listening. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.